Do you want the secret to becoming a profitable entrepreneur? It's not working 80 hours a week. It's not missing out on all the fun stuff in life. It's not feeling overwhelmed or burned out. While becoming an entrepreneur does require hard work, don't get me wrong, it's not what's going to make your business successful. If you want to truly become a profitable entrepreneur, you need to learn how to master your mindset, evolve your skills, and market your services to your ideal customer. You must commit to mastery, become the best at what you do, and never stop learning. Becoming a profitable entrepreneur is 100% possible, and I will teach you how in my free five-day workshop, Profitable Entrepreneur. I want, you to, I want to personally invite you, podcast listener of mine, and you can sign up. The link is on the description of this podcast episode. See you there. This is How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs and those visionaries who left their 9 to 5 to own their time, their finances, and their joy in life by building their own businesses. I'm your host, Pauline Malabai, digital business strategist, director of operations, and agency owner of PMC, where our mission is to cater to visionaries with strategy, coaching, and implementation support. Each week, I give business wisdom and chat with other CEOs on how they are owning their happiness in life. Tune in to find out how to move the needle forward in your business and fully step into your role as CEO. Hello friends, welcome to How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs and boss moms who left their 9 to 5 to own their time, their finances and their joy in life by building their own businesses. And in this episode, I have London-based Ruby Lee, who has an agency in web design, brand design, all the wonderful things that means that websites look pretty and functional. So welcome to the show, Ruby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I love the fact that we have like matching prints. I love it. And yeah, so tell us a little bit about your studio and how you started your own business. Yeah, so my studio, this is my studio. You can see it in the background. This is Studio 77. So I run a web design and branding studio based here in London. And we focus on uh, designing websites and brands that people are proud to share. I think a lot of people, when they kind of DIY their stuff initially, they don't quite get it right the first time. And they can feel that in themselves when they're sharing out their kind of websites and things like that. So our job here is to make people feel really proud to share their website, share their brand and just get their vision kind of on track. We tend to work with feel good brands, brands that bring moments of joy to people's days. So like health, wellness, fitness, meditation, mindfulness, those kinds of brands as well. And this journey started probably about 10 years ago. If I take you right back to the beginning, I'm going to go, I'm going to rewind the clock quite some time. It was in high school and I loved science. I was always a massive science nerd. And when it came to our GCSEs, which is like you do them when you're 14, 15, I think, 16. Yeah, I can't quite remember. Uh, It was so long ago. I basically was torn between doing chemistry, 
which I loved and doing design and I, I didn't know which one to choose and you know my gut was telling me to go with design everyone at school was telling me to go with chemistry because they were like you can't make a career out of design or art like it's just not you know a good idea but I of course being the you know anarchist that I am decided to do design and I'm very very glad that I made that decision when I was 16 because here I am now uh, with my design studio but it, it basically everything happened by accident but on purpose <laughs> if yes. that makes any sense <laughs> it was like you know everything I've done has been one step closer to studio 77 so when I finished high school I went to college and studied graphic design and did a BTEC in that Mm-hmm. Uh, which was great and this is where I had loads of fun kind of playing around with different types of design at one point I wanted to be an interior designer at another point I wanted to be a textiles designer and nothing really kind of hit the spot I enjoyed all of them but it didn't quite feel right you know you get that yes feeling like none of those are really giving me that yeah. so I was exploring and the last module that we did in this college course I think it was added quite last minute and we were the first year to do it was web design and you know this was you know 10 and a bit (laughs) years ago and so web design existed but it wasn't you know a well-known job not that many people had great websites and and it wasn't as much of a thing as it is now so I was playing around with this and I did my first website and I was like wow this is fun I really like this and then as you do with most things in, in college you get distracted and you forget and you go and party and <laughs> you, know, you move on so when I finished college I was torn again I've always been I always have these like torn moments of like what, what path should yeah, I go down I can I, definitely relate to that and you know like I mentioned offline it is a feeling of I've done so many jobs what is wrong with me and it's like this restlessness that you just need like something you're really passionate about and when it you know it doesn't fit when you just have this continuous feeling of restlessness and it's like this is not what I'm meant to be doing in this world so yeah I can totally relate absolutely it's such a common feeling and you know restlessness is such a great word to describe that Mm. because you just don't feel settled and because you're not settled you're you're kind of constantly looking for something else to, to do and you know when I was that age putting so much pressure on kids or anyone but especially like when you're a young age to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life is pretty insane obviously we know now that it doesn't really matter and you can do whatever you want to do regardless of what you study Uh, but when you're when you're a kid no one tells you that so you're just Mm. kind of like this is going to be such an important decision in my life yeah and and this decision rather than chemistry or or design was do I go to uni or do I do some work experience Mm -hmm. and this was the year that the tuition fees went up so they were like three grand or whatever and then they went up to nine grand Mm -hmm. I was like calculating how much debt I was going to be in at the end and I wasn't really feeling (laughs) the bill that the government were going to give me or the education system were going to give me so I decided to take a gap year and then this is kind of where things started to change a little bit and I got a job a regular job working in a fashion boutique in a small town and it was like a boutique fashiony designery kind of place selling really cool clothes and I was the kind of Saturday girl there who would just go in on Saturdays so that everyone else could have the weekend off and whilst I was there you know I told my boss I was like you know it's quite quiet sometimes on the weekends on like Sunday evenings people don't really tend to come in so maybe I can do something else for you in that time and that's when I started playing around with making 
some social media designs and putting the stuff I actually learn into practice, practice. Yeah. which was great fun because I'd never done it on a real project before. I'd always been creating my own fake projects, which are still a really important thing to do when you are a designer or a creative, but it felt like what I was doing was actually going out and, and doing yeah, this and being, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such an important thing because I learned UX design and I'm, I can't even draw like, <laughs> I'm very much in the strategy kind of thing. And I enjoy like working with people and cooperating people. But you're absolutely right. When I was doing my portfolio for UX design, I had to make a fake app website on Envision and Sketch. And I just remembered feeling really demotivated because I knew that no one was really going to use it. (laughs) So I can completely relate to that. And that's such a huge turning point. I also took a gap year and I think that's a great way to explore what you do. At what point did you decide that you probably didn't want to go to university or you just want to continue being a solopreneur or I guess make a living for yourself? It's such a random thing, but I went to visit some of my friends. A lot of my friends went to uni. I was one of the few that didn't and mm-hmm. kind of stayed home for an extra year because I wanted to take take my time to make the decision, which is weird for me because normally I rush straight into things. <laughs> uh, so that was, you know, an interesting choice. But I went to visit some of my friends and, you know, they had fun, but they never said anything about how they'd learned stuff, really. It was more about the party lifestyle. You know, when you're 16, 17, 18, like it's great fun, but it wasn't really for me and I think as well I fell into a lot of positions when I was playing around in my gap year so for example after I worked at that fashion boutique I actually ended up getting a job as a graphic designer in a fashion company because I kind of lied on my CV and said that I was the in-house graphic designer for the other company that I was working for before which also this is a tip which I probably shouldn't give but you should absolutely like not lie on your CV stretch the truth is what I like to say (laughs) get your foot in the door (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah yeah you know it's it's absolutely true the amount of times I've been on this cover course and like yeah we know that software definitely (laughs) and I say the same thing to my interns I'm like just say you know how to use the damn software and then figure it out (laughs) so yeah I love it one of Richard Branson's quotes or, or some millionaire guy yeah uh, it's like you know say yes now and, and learn later or something. yes exactly I think it is Richard Branson and you know yeah. if it's good enough for him <laughs> I'm sure we can all follow suit he seems uh, to be doing quite well so he must know a thing or two about yeah. business two questions why the name studio 77 and when did you decide to start like I, I assume you're a limited company like you know the actual limited company mm-hmm. that transition from solopreneur to small business owner so the name <laughs> the name came from the name was a funny one because I just didn't know what to call studio 77 and when we first started out studio 77 was born around a what would you call it a, a kitchen table with three best friends who were sick of being treated badly and designing things with no passion basically yeah, so I have, yeah. to, I have to tell you this story to tell you why we've called studio 77 so hear me yeah. out with this one <laughs> um, the the reason you know that we we started it initially was we all worked in the same creative agency and we worked with a lot of tech companies so we were in a b2b tech uh, company and you know, it was great there and they taught us lots of stuff but tech B2B technology isn't my passion. Like my, (laughs) and it wasn't their passion either. And, you know, we were working really late and it was 
which is quite ironic because you know <laughs> when you run your own business you still do lots of hours but it was kind of being treated as though you've got to keep going keep doing this and not taking your lunch breaks and work long hours and didn't really get much in return from that and if you're not doing that for something that you're not passionate for yeah. then it just it's a, a surefire like way to burn out which is what we all were so me and my two friends sat down ordered a domino's pizza and uh, <laughs> had a bottle of wine or two and we just decided why don't we do this ourselves like why don't we create our own design company we can be freelancers we can yeah. you know through the company or we can run it as a studio like let's just let's incorporate the company now and deal with the issues later so that's what we did we literally went online and registered the company and we didn't really have a name for it yet but we would we just wanted to go and so we did it and then the the studio 77 came from our combined ages when we started <laughs> so when we first we were like we literally sat down with so many like pens and papers and I we were like call ourselves like we like avocados should we, <laughs> should we be called studio avocado and like, we just oh, oh lily i think it was added up you know our combined ages and it was some seven were like that's a nice number like seven, seven sounds good should we just go with that and we were so exhausted from trying to come up with a name we we're like you know what that'll do and it has done and that is where it comes that's where it came from that's you know how studio 77 was birthed honestly like i'm hearing a lot of the business owners and, and my listeners being like yep i agree with everything he just said you know burnt out working for someone else not it's not building your own empire you know like I was in exactly in the same boat a few months ago and I decided to just take that leap of faith because in my head I'm like okay sleepless nights sheer panic I might as well do this for myself <laughs> at least I'm getting the benefits solely <laughs> so I completely relate and also it's really funny that you tell me that story because I'm actually in the middle of a rebrand myself with my consulting and I am it's so hard to think of a name that's interesting and I know that like Apple and Google was a typo and Apple is a fruit but it's a tech company and I know it really shouldn't matter because it's all about how you build up that brand like Nike for God's sake right but it's so stressful to the point where my interns were just like just call yourself Pauline Malubai Consulting just just leave us alone <laughs> so hard and I'm like yeah you know right I've thought about this for months now I can't think of a better name just put my name <laughs> so I completely understand but I love that studio seven to seven I can just imagine you guys in in a kitchen and drinking a bit tipsy <laughs> I love that <laughs> absolutely good ideas tend to happen when there's pizza wine and friends involved <laughs> yeah I love it I love it oh that's wonderful and so how was the are you still all together now or what what is what is it like because I'm always a bit hesitant you know you hear about you shouldn't go into business with friends or family how was your experience with creating it with close friends slash associates yeah don't create a business with your friends or family <laughs> <laughs> and I say this I say this with absolute love because I'm still very very close with both of them and I love Sam and Lily dearly um, <laughs> Sam was around the corner from me and we, you know, <laughs> now we go on walks together. But yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult mm. when you've got co-founders. And I think mm. the issue for me was with this 
was that I was the really driven one. So mm. they were driven too, but I am like stupidly driven and stupidly passionate. Yeah. And, you know, I would create, you know, all the content and do all the stuff and, and kind of champion the brand. Whereas they didn't see it as that, which is absolutely mm. fine. Everyone's allowed to have their own, you know, view and, and everyone can be as close as they want to the business. But when you're in a co-founder situation, you've all got to be the same intensity yeah same energy same intensity yeah yeah exactly and I think you know intensity is a great word I am quite an intense person and I think you know we we just couldn't work together as Mm. as co-founders like I said we're still great friends it's not like we had a massive falling out or anything we just sat down one day and just said are you guys into this as much as I am and they just said no and I was like well shall we just go our separate ways like I still use them for consulting sometimes so if I'm busy and I bring on you know additional people I still go to them they're my number ones but it's it's easier for me when I'm in control it means that Mm -hmm. I can make all the decisions I can get stuff done quicker without having the barriers of asking somebody else and our friendship is saved because you know it it does get to the point where you do get frustrated sometimes and you know that's that's what happened so yeah, I think if you're expecting some kind of like magical story of no, yeah. it's fine, it all worked. It didn't work, but yeah. Studio lives on, and it will live on hopefully for many yeah. more many more moons. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and and that's a great segue to you know one of my favorite things about this podcast is really hearing the nitty gritty, you know, the the griminess of of entrepreneurship because it's glamorize so much but it's so freaking hard (laughs) like so what you've just said in the story that you've just shared is a great segue to the challenges you know what were the main challenges of building a web design agency over you know how did you what services did you offer at first and how did you scale like I mentioned before you're the first guest who has a web design agency I've had a few branding strategists but in terms of web design and and purely quite technical it seems as an agency you know like what were your main challenges and and milestones that you're pretty proud of yeah I think we'll start with the challenges and then we'll end the happy things I think for challenges it's there's a couple the first one is organization so when you start a business you are not just doing that thing that you love so for example you know I'm a web designer by trade, um, a, a graphic designer originally. I am now a project manager. I am now an account manager. I am now a client relationship manager. Yeah. I am now head of finance. When you start your business, you are doing so much more than just that passion. And yeah. you know, that's why it's so important to be passionate about what it is that you're doing. Because if you're not passionate about it, then it, it's going to suck. And you will have days, even in a job that you love, even when you're doing, you know, living your dream life, there will be days when you're like, it would just be so much easier if I had a full-time job. It would just be so much easier yeah. if I could have a sick day. You know, it would be so much easier if I got paid holiday. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's okay. It's totally okay to feel that way. That is normal. And like you said, entrepreneurship has glamorized like crazy on Instagram you know you see these people that I made six figures overnight no you didn't (laughs) you you worked yeah bro marketing is rampant yeah like bro marketing is like you get this software and we'll get you 10k in a month kind of thing yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, it's just 
and that's and then we're going to segue a bit here but that's so toxic because it makes people feel as though they're not doing enough and when you see all of these people that are launching courses or launching businesses and they're making that money fast overnight then they're shouting about it like I think if they have done it then absolutely fantastic and I take my hat off if I had one you know to them but we need to normalize normal launches or launches that are average at best or launches where nobody buys anything you know it's Mm -hmm. that's normal you hear so many stories of people launching something and then it kind of not going quite to plan and that's one of the things that I think you need to be prepared for when you are embarking on your entrepreneurship journey is things aren't going to happen the way that you expect them to there are going to be curveballs left right and center and this year has been a prime example of that and Mm-hmm. having the ability to be adaptable and to change quickly I think is one of the the biggest things that you can do or you know a skill that you could potentially you can't really learn it but you know be able to practice yeah because it that's going to come in very handy <laughs> when times get tough and uh, I've gone so off topic of the question the original no question- not at all I think it's great and, and and that's the whole point of the reason I got this I created my second podcast. It's literally because I, I, you know, for budding entrepreneurs, they need to hear this. They can't hear stuff from Gary V who's like work 60 hour mm-hmm. weeks or something insane more than that, you know, or someone who's just, yeah, five hour work. Uh, was it now Tim Ferriss, <laughs> four hour work week, you know? Yeah. So you can't go from two extremes. So I'm all about, you know, being authentic and, and showing the nitty gritty and, you know, your testament to that, what you just said. And that's what I'm finding out because I am pretty early into my entrepreneurship journey. Although I support a lot of entrepreneurs on their back end in their system. So I see a lot of the nitty gritty. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, how are you making this much money in your systems? You could be making so much more because your system is like all over the place. So that's great. What lesson do you think you've learned the most? Oh, lesson. I think it's not necessarily a lesson, but it would be a a bit of advice related on what I've just said about Mm -hmm. having off days. And one thing that I've really learned to do, especially this year, when most of the time we've been locked inside, (laughs) um, (laughs) the world's going crazy as it is, is to be in tune with your emotions and work with them. So when I, like I plan my weeks every Friday, then every Friday I plan for the next week. So I work out what I'm going to do, but I always leave space in my diary in case unexpected things pop up mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe I get distracted and I want to do something else. I want to have the freedom to do that. So I leave that space in there, but I also leave that space in there for my emotions because mm-hmm. It's so important to make space for how you feel. And if you have a day or, you know, a couple of hours where you just think, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this thing. And if you can not do it, if you're not like tied to deadlines, take the day off. If you have, because you're not going to get any work done in that day when all you're thinking is, oh God, I wish I wasn't doing this. Oh, I wish I could take some time out if you just take the day off, you'd probably be able to get all of that stuff done in an hour the next day, you know, and it's being in tune with your emotion and listening to your gut as well. I think another thing is kind of a more holistic (laughs) bit of advice, I suppose, but you know, you will get weird feelings sometimes in your gut about a certain client or about a certain business proposal or, or something. And 
nine times out of 10, your gut will be right. And I think the, the best thing I could say is listen to what your gut is saying, because I've got myself in situations before when I've gone, mm, something doesn't feel quite right, but yeah. you know, it's fine. I will work with this client or I work with this person and it's been an absolute nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm now way more in tune with what my body is telling me, not just my brain, but yeah. body too. Absolutely. It, this happened to me today, actually. I had a, a prospect that I connected with and she logged into the wrong thing and then logged out and was like really grumpy at me because she thought I was like flaky. And I was like, I've been waiting in the room. You just clicked the wrong link. But obviously it kind of ruined your, it tainted my day a little bit. And I just said, <laughs> and my housemate was like, what, why are you making that sound? I'm like, oh God, it's just, why are people like, she only waited five minutes and she couldn't, Oh, and it wasn't even my fault and it was technology and I was like I'm gonna go for a walk I need to go just walk I went for a walk and like ate my lunch <laughs> just chill but it's true and you think it's such a small thing but when it's like little things and it adds up as an entrepreneur like an intern is sick or a team member is going through some stuff you know a client fell through an invoice that didn't get paid you know like it all adds up to little little cuts and then just this one little trigger and you're like so I think it's so true it's so so true that you do just have to make space for that because if you don't you will explode <laughs> it's not yeah. good yeah and I know there's another part that I thought was quite interesting because I've worked with a lot of graphic designers um, UX designers web developers and it's so interesting because you sound like to me a perfect combination of someone who's very analytical into numbers but also very creative. And you probably found it easier to pivot between being a project manager and being head of finance to being a creative. And I don't think, I think that's quite rare. I think that a lot of people who are graphic designers and creatives, they just want to, you know, they're kind of messy, like in the nicest way possible. I love them. I love creative people, but they're just quite messy. Like they need someone who's like, this is what you're going to do. Do, 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 do. Which is great for me because that's how I help them hire for people like that. But what would you advise for someone who's a bit of a scatterbrain but want to, you know, start their own thing? I think if you're, if you know that you are a messy brained person, shall we say, where you just kind of, you struggle to organize your thoughts and stuff, is get a piece of software that will help you do it. Mm -hmm. So I use, I used to be a mess <laughs> with kind of organizing stuff and I quickly realized that when you run your own business, you need to be in control of stuff. Otherwise, you know, in control of when your deadlines are, in control of when you have your calls, in control of, um, you know, what's happening with your clients and stuff. So I, you know, I've, I use Asana, which is really great. And it allows me to plan out, you know, when I'm going to be doing things. And it allows my clients to see when I'm going to be doing stuff as well. And I also use Notion, which is really great, a great planning tool that you can use to plan stuff out. And you, know, you can try either of those for free, or if you have something else that's a bit more complex, then you know have a have a look and see what's what's out there. But I think using digitalizing and writing down your plans and things like that is so important. Otherwise, you end up overwhelming yourself, let alone your clients. And if if you're overwhelmed, you're going to be stressed. And if you're stressed, but well, I find you're not productive. Creative. Yeah, creative, productive, happy, and you know when we're here on life on planet earth to be happy and and if yeah. we're unorganized with your business it's just going to cause stress so 
I would say that's probably what I would recommend is just get get it written down, organize yourself. Yeah, there'll be an initial kind of, you know, time investment whilst you get yourself set up. But another great thing you can do with that as well is create templates for yourself. So I template everything. Everything's templated in terms of the project management stuff. So I have like a template project calendar. I have a template for when a customer gets in touch. I have template emails. So if somebody asks me, you know, are you available for some work? Can we have a chat? I've got an email that goes out, you know, it's the same for everybody. You know, I just change a few little bits and add in a touch of personality, a personal touch in there, sorry. And just, yeah, templating things that will save you time. So you can spend more time doing the stuff that you actually want to do, which is being creative and having fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I help my clients do. We have canned emails for everything. We try to automate as much as possible. And yeah, it's all about also like hiring that, delegating stuff to people that are, you know, really good. If you can afford it, maybe for some people, they can't yet. They're not at that stage. But I always found that people really need to hire to scale up. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the only way. You cannot, you only have like, I don't even know, like, 10 hours a day <laughs> that you can work yeah. like focused work so that's really great so I want to end right here and just get your proudest moment so far to date <laughs> oh proudest moment you know it's you know what it is hard to pick one like it's such a journey when you are an entrepreneur and we do so much awesome stuff like but we don't celebrate it because it's just us on our own most of the time or you know we have a small yeah. team you don't celebrate everything so well, this isn't answering the question but I think we should always celebrate the small wins as well just a little caveat in there yeah. I try and write down one thing a day that I've done that's pretty cool today it will be I was featured on this podcast yeah um, <laughs> I think the the proudest moment is probably when I got the keys to my office which is what you see here yeah it's, a dream of mine since I you know, started designing like oh one day I'll have my own office where you know it's going to be really cool there's going to be plants everywhere and I can have like my own space and plan things I've got cork boards everywhere and yeah it happened you know, about a month ago and I got the keys and I walked in and the room was empty when I walked in and I was just like wow <gasps> yeah I did, it. I did it I did the thing yay yeah. Yeah, I still remember the thrill of like going into my first discovery call and within 15 minutes, the client being like, I want to work with you. And I was like, I can make money by myself <laughs> with no boss. <laughs> so definitely, I think, you, I think entrepreneurship is full of this little moments of joy that, that is very, very special for sure. Oh, and where can people find you? Where can you find me? You can find me online. Um, on I mainly hang out on Instagram. I'm trying to get into TikTok, but I'm getting there. Uh, but Instagram, I'm at Ruby the Designer Gal. Gal spelled G-A-L because why not? Um, and my company is at We Are Studio Seventy Seven. And you can head on to our website as well if you want, which is WeAreStudio77.com. You can check out some of our work. But yeah, I'd love to connect with people who are listening. Let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ruby. We really love the fact that you came into the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Pauline Malabai Consulting. 
We are an agency that support visionary CEOs with strategy, coaching, and implementation support. We are their right-hand partners in building and scaling their operations and revenue streams. We give them the space to own their CEO role. If you want to find out more, visit helpmepauline.com and let's continue the conversation. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed this episode of How She Owns It. If you want to be a part of a collective of purpose-driven female visionaries, join our Facebook group, How She Owns It, for insightful conversations, new friendships with fellow CEOs, and tips and tricks to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Running, building, and scaling a business is hard work, so give yourself credit for owning your definition of success. Now go out and help someone else by subscribing, sharing, and passing this episode on. Give us a review and don't be shy to connect with me on my socials. I can be found at at CEO Pauline Malibai. See you in the next one.